This is a new month, and this month the theme is Reformation. Uh, and so we're going to look at different areas where we probably need God's Spirit to come and reform the way we think, all right, uh, pertaining to these areas. So today we're going to talk about the world. And this is my topic for this morning. It's there, all right, on the screen. Unplugging from a connected world, okay? Uh, that is the topic for today. Now, um, when we think of today's world, we think of a few key buzzwords, uh, which is bandied around very regularly, uh, because this is what today's world values. Words like tolerance. Okay? That's a word that we value. Tolerance. Uh, acceptance. That's another word. Openness. These are buzzwords. Huh? Inclusiveness. Seeker-friendly. Being politically correct. These are all buzzwords of today's postmodern world. Don't offend anyone. So, inclusiveness is very, very critical. Being politically correct is very, very critical, right? Um, um, Seeker-friendly. Many churches use that term, seeker-friendly, um, and then they so that people would come into the church and be comfortable uh, and not feel like they are being pushed to make a decision. Uh, and so, but what happens is they come and everybody talks about the love of God and. Uh, Nobody challenges them with the gospel. Nobody challenges them with the fact that if they want to be saved, they need to give up their current lifestyle and embrace a new one. Nobody, uh, nobody confronts them with the fact that we are all sinners and headed for hell. Now, those things make people uncomfortable. You agree with me? Do you also agree with me that the gospel is never meant to make you feel comfortable? You agree? Come on, church. We've got to get this right. Right? I am all for seeker-friendly in the sense that we are friendly to people who seek. Yes. But the gospel is the gospel. And if the gospel unsettles somebody, so be it. Right? That's how we need to approach people. And while we accept everyone, and we love everyone who walks in, it does not mean that we accept their lifestyles. Can we understand? Many churches have moved away from that and they don't want to talk about the hard issues. Why? Because the world frowns on churches that make a stand. And so we go with the flow. We roll with the punches. And, and, and we say, uh, okay, in this church, we don't judge. In this church, everybody is included. And so we don't talk about the hard stuff. Now listen, church. Again, I'm all for loving everyone. I would be the first to say this church welcomes everybody. But it doesn't mean that we accept everybody's lifestyle. If something is wrong, it's wrong. If it's sin, it's sin. It's black and white. There's no gray in between. Right? Uh, and so these are things that I think as Christians we need to grapple with in this day and age where everything is relative. Where relativism is another keyword, another buzzword in our 
society today. Because the world has forced us into a mold. That anybody that does not conform to this mold, they are branded as bigots, they are branded as uh, intolerant, and they are branded as hate mongers. And we don't fit into that mold. But I want, to, want us to see this morning what the scripture tells us. All right? 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 to 16 says this. You'll see it on the screen as well. Do not, or why don't we read together? Can we read together? Yes, church, come on. Let's stand together as we read the word of God. Let's stand. So that I'm not the only one standing now. No, when we read. Let's all stand. Okay, you can look at the screen and let's read it. One, two, go. Do not love the world. Anyone loves the world, but love is not in him. For everything in the world does not come from the Father. The desires of our flesh, the things our eyes see and want, and the pride of this life come from the world. Thank you. Please be seated. Do not love the world. Now again, huh? It doesn't mean that we don't love the beauty of this world. God created this world. And God made this world beautiful. You know, somebody once said this, and this is Keith Green. I, I love his songs, by the way. Uh, I, may, I may just quote his, one of his songs towards the end. Uh, he has a song that says this. The beauty of this world is amazing. And then he says, if God took seven days to create this amazing world, Sorry, six days, sorry. If God took six days to create, it, to create this amazing, beautiful world, can you imagine when he says, I'm going to prepare a place for you, can you imagine heaven is taking 2,000 years to prepare heaven for us? I think, wow, that's amazing. If it took six days for this, you can't even imagine how beautiful heaven is for us. All right? Um, but the scripture says, don't love this world. Do not love the world. And it's not talking about the beauty of this world. The scripture is talking about the world's system, the cosmos, the, the value system, the systems of this world. And the scripture says, do not love this world. We, in fact, we've been asked to be people who are in this world, but not of it. We are in this world, but we... We are not of the world. We don't belong in the world. And as Christians, we are asked to be in the world, but the world cannot be in us. Once the world gets inside of us, this is what happens. We sink. And then we become useless. And we cannot function. And so the scripture tells us, don't love this world or anything in it. You're in this world, but the world should not be in you. Why? Because the characteristics of this world is like this. The world deceives. Alright? The world deceives. It will deceive us. What is good, they will say it's not good. What is not good, they will say it's good. What is sinful, they say it's okay. The world will destroy us. Like having... The water in the ship, it will destroy us. The world damns us. 
if we are marked by the world's standards, in God's eyes, that's damning. And the world deadens us. Eventually, when we become so comfortable with the world, our consciences become dull. And then we become dead. We become dead to sin, we become dead to vice, we become dead to everything. To a point where there are people who even say what to do, everybody does it. What to do, you cannot help it. Politicians are all like this. So, it's okay. As long as they get something done. No. Where are the standards? Where are the values? When we start to think like this, this is what God's Word says. Remember, you're in this world. You're not off it. Take stock. Because the world is creeping inside of you. Right? And you will flounder. Let's read together, and this is my key text. Huh? 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14 to 17. Then I will read. You are not the same as those who do not believe. So do not join yourselves to them. Good and bad do not belong together. Light and darkness cannot share together. How can Christ and Belial, the devil, have any agreement? What can a believer have together with a non-believer? The temple of God cannot have any agreement with idols. And we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live with them and walk with them and I will be their God and they will be my people. Verse 17, leave those people and be separate, says the Lord. Nothing that is unseen and I will accept you. Very strong words. Paul is writing, the Spirit of God is writing through Paul to the church at Corinth. Now, that Corinth was known as a very, very immoral place. All right? Uh, it, is, it was very immoral, very perverse. And Paul is writing to the church residing in Corinth. No, in fact, Corinth was so bad that if you call somebody a Corinthian, it means that you, you, you are a perverted fellow. All right? You are immoral, uh, low morals, and you are perverted. So, uh, so don't go around calling people Corinthian, all right? It's not a good thing to call people. Um, and so that's the kind of place this church was in. And so Paul writes this, all right? And Paul says, Paul gives some contrasts, light and darkness, all right? Um, and, and, and all those contrasts that Paul gave are good and bad don't belong together. Light and darkness cannot share together. Christ and the devil cannot have agreements. A believer and an unbeliever cannot agree. The temple of God cannot uh, agree with idols uh, and so on and so forth. So, he gives a list of contrasts. And what he's essentially saying is that the church, the Christian, you, me, we are distinguished by some characteristics that are completely in opposition to the world, completely opposed to the world. We are distinguished by these contrasts, by, this, by these characteristics. Now, okay, I am identified by, I'm going to give four points today. I am, first of all, identified by my walk. My walk 
identifies me. What my walk be like? My walk must be righteous. It must be upright. That is how I am identified as a Christian. The world, my office, my colleagues, my family, my, 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 my friends, when they talk about me, when they look at me, they will say, Stephen is different. He doesn't think like that. He doesn't behave like that. He's just different. They can call me one kind for all I care. It doesn't really matter. And they may. He's one kind. Not like us. And that's okay. That's okay. But I must be distinguished or I must be identified by my walk. I'm upright. Titus chapter 2, verses 11 to 14. God's free gift of being saved is being given to everyone. We are taught to have nothing to do with that which is against God. We are to have nothing to do with the desires of this world. We are to be wise, to be right with God. We are to live God-like lives in this world. We are to be looking for the great hope and the coming of our great God and the one who saves us, Christ Jesus. He gave himself for us. He did this by buying us with his blood, making us free from all sin. He gave himself so that his people could be clean and want to do good. You know, we took of these emblems this morning. Christ did not pay this price just so that we can go to heaven. Christ paid this price so that we can live differently. Am I right? Come on. The only way we can live differently is when we have our sins forgiven and taken away, right? Correct? If not, we can't. How can we ever live differently? When we are marked by who we were. We are no longer who we were. We are now who we are in Christ. And that's what frees us to live upright lives. Are you getting this, church? Come on. This is important. What Jesus did frees us to now live upright lives. Paul writes to the Philippians in chapter 1, verse 27, Only one thing concerns me. Be sure that you live in a way that brings honor to the good news of Christ Jesus. What is the good news of Christ Jesus? That Jesus Christ came to pay a price for our sins, that sin would no longer have dominion over us. We can be free. We are no longer slaves. We are set free and now we can choose to live as God wants us to. And we can embrace this new life. That is the good news. Not just getting a ticket to heaven. The good news is far more than a ticket to heaven. The good news is the ability to live a full life here. That's the good news. The scripture tells us that we need to live in such a way to bring honor to the good news of Christ. So, my walk must be, my walk should back my talk. If I talk about Jesus, if I talk about the good news of, of, of Jesus Christ, my walk must back my talk. And it's not just what I say, it's how I live. 
The people look at me and say, yeah, actually true. I can see that in him. I can see that in her. My conduct, my behavior, my lifestyle should in itself be the message. My lifestyle. You know, the Bible tells us that we are the epistle of Christ to the world. Meaning to say that many of them will not read their Bibles. They, many of them will not read a Bible even if you give it to them. But they will read you. They will look at your life. And then they will conclude. You are the epistle to a watching world. So your life is your message. So first thing that distinguishes me as a Christian is my walk. The second thing is my wisdom. My wisdom. Now Jesus says in John 14, verse 23, If people love me, they will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and we will come to them and we'll make our home with them. David writes this. He says in the first psalm, Happy is the man who does not walk in the way sinful men tell him, or stand in the path of sinners, or sit with those who laugh at the truth. But he finds joy in the law of the Lord and thinks of his law day and night. This man is like a tree planted by rivers of water which gives its fruit at the right time and its leaf never dries up. Whatever he does will work out well for him. Okay. I am identified by my walk and now I'm identified by my wisdom. My values and my precepts are governed by the Word of God. Listen again, huh? My values and my precepts, the teaching, what is truth, are governed by the Word of God. And this will often be at odds with the world's values and wisdom. Sometimes a family has certain traditions. I'm not knocking customs and traditions, but when traditions and customs are contrary to the Word of God, I need to make my stand when it's contrary to the Word of God. When customs say, we are Indians and so we do this, or we are Chinese and so we do this, but we know that we are Christians first, not Indian, not Chinese. We are Christian first. And this thing that the family is saying, this is all we are doing, for, we do this all from generation to generation. We know it is contrary to the teaching of God, we will say no. Give you an example. Okay, this one I'm going to. I was speaking to some people. Okay, I won't mention names. And they were telling me of a custom that they do at home that uh, uh, when you move into a new home, you must bring um, some rice and put there. And the reason for that is so that you will always have plenty. Or some Indians, they will boil milk, new home, because it means that you would have food and you have enough. And so it's just tradition. Is it? It's superstition. It's not tradition. Because 
where is our providence from? For what rice? Why? Why boil milk? For what? Because your provision doesn't come from, because I do this, I will have enough. No, that is wrong teaching. That is the precept of the world. My wisdom, my, my precepts, my values must be governed by the Word of God. Period. Anything contradictory to that, I reject. Come on, church. Yes, come on, affirm this with me so that I'm not speaking to myself. I, I cannot. I cannot go along just, just to keep the peace. No, because the moment I do this, it's contradictory to the Word of God. The moment I do this, I displease God. The moment I do this, I in fact slight God by saying, this is what they say would give me my providence. But God is the one who provides. He provides not just enough, He provides more than enough. Amen? Yeah. So, often, the wisdom and the precepts of the world is at odds with the Scriptures. I heard somebody else say, I, 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 I will probably, I'll probably go overseas and, and work. Say, why? I don't like this country. Now look, we all feel disappointed with a lot of things. Right? We all feel disappointed. But is it so easy to say that I will go away and work because I can? What does the scripture tell us? What does the scripture tell us? Stay in Malaysia. Correct, huh? Does the Bible tell us this? But the Bible does tell us, God tells me, I know the plans I have for you. Plans for your welfare. Not for evil. So, instead of saying, I will, just say, I will trust God for where I'm supposed to be. If God calls me to go, I will go. If God opens the door and God says, Go, I will go. If God says no, then I will listen to Him because He knows the plans He has for me. And He tells me, my thoughts are higher than yours. My ways are not your ways. Those are the precepts of the Bible, of the Scriptures. So my values and my precepts should be governed by the Word of God. That's where I get my wisdom, not the world's wisdom. When the world says there's no future for you because you're a non-Malay in this country, your children, get them to go overseas, get them to go, get them to go, and all of us save money, do whatever it takes, make them get foreign education, all that. There's nothing wrong with all of that. My children also had foreign education. But the purpose for this is so that go. Don't stay here. No future for you here. Our future is in God's hands, people. Come on. You know, it was, I was looking at the, recently I was just telling my family, it was exactly 11 years ago, I think, today, 11 years ago, this period of time, that we, the doors to go to Australia swung wide open for us. Uh, I was supposed to go take over a business. Everything has been ready already. I just needed to sign on the dotted line. Uh, 
and um, I was also supposed to go and pastor a church. And, and, and we were so excited. We told our families. We also told the church leaders and all of that. Everything was ready for us to go. And then, and then I said to the person whose business I was taking over, I said, just give me another month. I'm going to pray and seek God. And so I went. Uh, that, that was the time I, was, I, I got to go to Hawaii uh, for a month um, for Haggai. And so I was there for a month. And while everybody over the weekends went out to explore the island of Maui, I stayed back in the center to seek God because I was so desperate to hear God's plans for my life. It was so easy for us to just say, yes, we will take it because the doors were open and ready for us to move. Families already told, church leaders already told. People in Australia waiting for me to also go there and pastor a church. I went to, Austra I went to Maui. And you know, the last few days, God spoke to me very clearly. And the word came, stay. God wants you to stay where you are. And so I came back. I told my wife immediately after that. I told my wife, she said, if God, if God has spoken, we will be obedient. And so I came back and I told the, the other business owner. I said, I'm not. And the business owner was a Christian. And she said, um, actually, I know you're not going to take it up. Because this morning I had a prayer meeting. At the prayer meeting, we were praying for you. Somebody in the prayer group says, um, Stephen is not going to come. God told him to stay. Now, this is 11, that was 11 years ago. 11 years later, here I am, High Point Life Clang. And there are, you know, there are times, I, I'll be very honest with you, your pastor is not the greatest person. There are times when I sit down and think, did I miss an opportunity? Did I miss an opportunity? Did I miss my chance? And you know what God has always told me? God told me, tells me this, and I always think, did I miss? Did I miss out? God whispers to me and says, son, you almost missed out. You know what that means? This was better. If I had gone, I would have missed out. I look at what God is doing at High Point Clang. I look at what God is doing in Kota Kinabalu, I, I look at what God is doing in India and I look at God and I say, I almost missed out, didn't I? I almost missed this, didn't I? I know the plans I have for you. The world's wisdom is that don't be stupid. You have a chance, go. But the Word of God says, I know. I know the plans I have for you. So sometimes that, 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 you know, the odds, the, 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 you go against the flow. Your natural tendency is to look at the facts with your eyes and say, I think this is not going to work. But the scripture tells us not to walk by sight, but by? That isn't easy. But you know, when the word of God is, it's the one that governs my life and I know that it will always work. And so I will not compromise. 
I'm distinguished by my walk, distinguished by my wisdom. Number three, I'm distinguished by my worship. Matthew 12:28. Since we have received a holy nation that cannot be moved, let us be thankful, let us please God and worship Him with honor and fear. I am distinguished by my worship. If I were to tell you next Sunday, Justin Bieber is coming to High Point Life, he will share his testimony. You know what will happen? 9.30, people would have already parked outside, all inside here already. Here already, here already, here already, for sure. Why? But you know what? Every Sunday, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is here. Every Sunday. The one to whom Justin Bieber would have to bow. The one to whom every K-pop group one day would have to bow. Whether they are Christian or not, they will have to bow their knee. He is here every Sunday. And we still take our time. And we come. Or we feel we don't need to go, we can follow online. And we don't need to do this, we don't need to do that. It's okay. God understands. It's not about whether God understands or not. The question is, I must be distinguished by my worship. That I must be buzzing to come to worship with God's people. It is exciting for me to be here to worship with you, to worship you in the presence of God. He is greater than any rock star. He is greater than anyone else. He is the King of kings, the Lord of all glory. If I were to say next week, Harry Kane is coming. And he's going to sit here. Pastor Rainey will be seated here next week, not at the back. Just kidding, but I don't think I'm kidding actually. Harry Kane is a great footballer from Tottenham Hotspurs. But Jesus Christ is here. Rainy, can I hear a woo from you? Yeah. Jesus Christ is here. And we don't come to the sanctuary to worship. Listen carefully. We don't come to the sanctuary to worship. We are the sanctuary. Hello? We are the sanctuary. You are the temple of God. Worship should emanate from me. Am I right? Come on. The fourth one. I am distinguished by my worth. Right? I'm distinguished by my worth. Church. I am worth so much more than this world. Hello? The scripture tells me, and I hope the scripture tells you also, and it says this, What shall a man profit if he gains the whole world and yet loses his soul? What would he profit? In God's mind, 
even if you have all the wealth, even if you have all the stuff from this world and lose your soul, you are a loser in the bargain. You are a loser in the bargain. Because your soul, if you please, if your soul is worth so much more than everything this world can offer. So, why am I running after things that are less valuable than even me? When there are things more valuable that I can run after. Why? I must be distinguished by my worth. Okay? This world and everything in it will end. You know that, right? Come on. You know that. People are fearfully waiting for the next nuclear war. Because they believe that would be the war that will wipe out humanity. I'm not going to go into all that. The Bible tells me differently, but still, they are absolutely convinced the next war will wipe out humanity. So people are building. Some nations are building underground bunkers and all of that to escape this, the Holocaust when it comes. But listen, this world, the way we know it, will end. But you know what? I am made to last. I am made to last. We will outlast the cockroach. Come on. You know the cockroach can survive a nuclear holocaust? I will, I will outlive the cockroach. That is how God made me. Alright? There is no stamp behind somewhere that says made in China. It doesn't last. I'm made for eternity. You are made for eternity. Alright? I am made to last. So why do we amuse ourselves with things that are worth infinitely less than what we are made for? You know, Pastor Padi and I, uh, one of our early trips to India, we were standing by the roadside because the car we were in broke down. Story of our lives. Anyway, we were standing by the roadside Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. Ah, I saw this on Facebook, so I forgot about this. And somebody posted this on Facebook. I thought it was pretty captivating, and so I just wanted to let you see this. All these won't matter in heaven. Think of the best car, your dream car. You won't going to need that in heaven because I believe I can fly, I can teleport. I, it's better than flying. I can teleport. Um, you're not going to need this. So why? I remember, okay, when we are coming back to Pastor Padi and I, so we were standing by the roadside and we saw some children and there was this particular girl, small girl, young girl. Her hair was a tangled mess. There was dirt in her hair, dust on her clothes. On her face also there was dust, streaked, streaks of dust. And she and some children were playing in the dirt. Uh, it's dry dirt. I mean, it's like, it's dust, it's dust, basically. They were sitting and they were playing. And they found a discarded soft drink can. And they were playing with it like it's the most amazing toy that they could ever get their hands on. They were just absolutely enjoying themselves playing with that discarded 
can, aluminium can, which they found by the roadside. That was their toy. And they were just enjoying themselves and picking it up in the dirt and, and doing things with it and, and, and sitting in the dirt. And, and we were looking at it and, you know, until today we remember this because that scene was so captivating because I look at them and I said, don't they know that this is unhygienic? Don't they know that there are far better toys? There is a place called Hamleys. There is a place called Toys R Us where you can find the most amazing toys, but they know nothing of this and they don't know any better. This is all they have and this is what they're enjoying. And when I think of that, I think of us. All these things don't matter in heaven. And we get so caught up with these things because sometimes we forget that these things don't really matter. They are far better things, far bigger things, and sometimes we forget, although we know better. We forget. We forget. We forget that I have been, I forget that I have been given a new nature. The Bible tells me this in Corinthians. Right, 2 Corinthians 3, uh, 5.17. If a man belongs to Christ, he is a new person. The old life has gone. The new life has begun. I am not a better person. I'm a new person. I have a new destiny. I have new values. I have a new identity. Everything about me is new. Everything about me is new. I have been given a new nature. You know, a pig, and we see pigs in, in India, a pig is a pig. It will roll in the mud. It will be filthy. It would eat from the garbage. It, it would do all those things. If you had the ability to change the pig, take the pig and through some magic, change it into a sheep, you know what would happen? the sheep would start to seek green meadows because that is its nature. All right? That is in its nature. It is no longer the same as the pig. What the pig enjoyed, what the pig found pleasure doing, the sheep doesn't. The sheep would look for green pastures. It would look for streams of water. It would look for Different things because it is no longer the same. You are no longer the same. You were once no people, now you're God's people. Once you were darkness, now you are light. Once you had no hope, now you have hope. Once you were pilgrims, once you were aliens, now you are children of God. Once you were children of destruction, now you're children of God. You are no longer the same. If you continue to seek the things you used to seek, if you continue to enjoy the things you used to enjoy, if you continue to value the things you used to value and not have a shift in your values, in your precepts, in your understanding, in your perspectives, something is desperately wrong. It means that you are not a new creature. You are exactly as you were before. And so, your talk, I'm a Christian, isn't backed by your walk. 
Matthew 6.33. First of all, look for the holy nation of God. Look for God's righteousness. Look for God's kingdom. Be right with Him. All the other things will be given to you as well. So I want you to know this. You're, going to, you're sitting down there maybe thinking, oh, you're okay, lah. if I have to do all this, then we will lose out. You don't lose out. And so if you seek first the kingdom of God, not seek first your good, not seek first the good of your kids, seek first God's kingdom, God says, trust me to count him everything else. You heard that? That's how God is. We won't lose out. Okay, so I'm going to end with some take-homes, huh? Very quickly. Number one, this world is not my home. It's not. I've spoken on this recently. It is not our home. This is not where I build my house. I pitch tents here. My values and precepts are opposed to this world, number two. You can be very sure because you hold on to those values, people will sometimes oppose you. People will say, don't laugh, because of you that all of us cannot do. How can you do like that? If you do this, then everybody must do. Just keep quiet, lah. Everybody is doing this. Now, hold on to your values because your values are governed by the Word of God. Number three, in the event of a conflict of interest, I stand with God. There are no two ways. In the event of a conflict of interest, my interest and what the Word of God or the interest of the whole group and what the Word of God says, I stand with the Word of God. Sometimes, that comes with people getting upset with me. But I stand with God. Like Daniel and his friends. When everybody else bowed, three people stood, refusing to bow. My talk is cheap unless it is backed by my walk. Nobody will be drawn to the Christianity you propose or the Jesus Christ you want to talk about if your life isn't, doesn't back your talk. People will only be attracted to your faith. People will only be attracted to your Jesus if your life, if your life shows it. God's word is truth. It is my go-to manual. And I'm unsure, I go to the word of God. I don't look at the newspapers. I don't look at the magazines. I don't see what the politicians say. I don't see what other people are saying. My go-to manual in life is the word of God. Number six. I am made to worship an audience of one. You know? Jesus is all there is. The only one that I would worship. I love a lot of music artists, yes. I admire so many of them. I've got a good list on my Spotify. But the one that really matters is Jesus. He would be the only one that really matters. So it doesn't matter if Justin Bieber comes or Cliff Richard comes next week. 
even if there's nobody, I will still be here early. Because Jesus is coming. Jesus is going to, there's going to be a visitation. And I want to be there early. I want to be there early. In Luke's Gospel, chapter 17, verses 32-33, He who wants to keep his life and have it taken, will have it taken away from him. He who loses his life will have it given back to him. The cross before me, the world where? Behind me. And no turning back. No turning back. Those of you who want to keep your life will have it taken away from you. Those who lose your life will have it given, will ha- will have it given back to you. Number seven, I am the sanctuary. Worship emanates, worship flows from me wherever I am. I don't need to come to this place to worship. I can worship at home. I can worship in the car. I worship in the office. I worship in my college. I worship in my neighbor. I worship everywhere I go. I can worship because I am the sanctuary. So wherever I go, I carry the sanctuary with me. I walk into my office. The sanctuary of God comes into the office. I walk into my college. The sanctuary of God comes into the college. And with it, worship. And the Bible tells us that God inhabits the praise of His people. So wherever I go, I carry that presence with me. Isn't that amazing, church? Come on! And last one. I am worth so much more than this world can offer. And I've got to live this out. I am worth so much more. Don't amuse ourselves with playing in the dirt. Because we know better. We know better. But those who are blinded, who don't know better, a discarded aluminium tin can is a source of great joy. But for those who know better, we want the better things. We want the better things. Because we know better. Maybe this morning it's time for us to reevaluate. What are the things that drive us? What are the things that excite us? What are the things that motivate us? What, where, what is our go-to? And reassess. When we think we are missing out, and God says, if you go there, you will miss out. Because I know the plans I have for you. Would you lay those things down before God and says, Lord, I am here. I am yours. Take me. Take my future. Do whatever it takes. Because I don't want to miss out. I don't want to miss out.